It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now. On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast presented today by BetQL. We've got two games down for every single team. I think you think you have a good feel for who these teams are and who they aren't. Make sure you're right. Get the BetQL app on your phone or go to BetQL.com. It's free for you to just shop around, see if you like the site or not. Then if you want to get their premium, the subscription stuff, which is the real good stuff, use the promo code ROSS20 for 20% off your first payment. It's the place where the pros go to check out and see all of the data, all of the algorithms, all of the information. BetQL.com, BetQL app. I'm Ross Tucker. Former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years, bunch of podcasts. Hopefully you listen to Andrew Brandt on today's Ross Tucker football podcast. He was excellent. If you like making games more interesting, and you do because you listen to the Fantasy Feast podcast, then you should go ahead and you should listen to the Even Money podcast because that's exactly what we do over there. The star of this show, though, is Joe Dolan, at FG underscore Dolan on Twitter. And Joe, we need you this week more than ever. I'm not even getting into the pleasantries. We've got too many injured guys, too many things going on. We just need to get to the breakdowns. And it starts with the Dolphins and the Jaguars on Thursday night. Yeah, so this is actually, at least from the Jaguars side, it's a little bit more of an interesting game than you might think. The Jaguars have been more competitive than we all think and uh, all thought, and Gardner Minshew is a key reason for that. And, you know, doing some reading around, uh, Josh Tolentino covers the Dolphins for The Athletic, and he does a great job. And he did a full breakdown uh, of the Dolphins' woes, and, and he's been really surprised by how much that big money defense has not shown up to play. Um, you know, Xavier Howard, though, started camp on the COVID list. Now, Byron Jones, their big money corner, uh, has is injured. He might not be able to play in this game. So it's really looking like this could be a big week for Gardner Minshew, who I think is a very good start this week, to be completely honest. Um, I've been getting a lot of questions about uh, about DJ Chark. Um, he's, he's dealing with a chest injury. I'm not panicking, though. He's caught all seven of his targets. So... Um, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's a really tough uh, a, a go of it here for Miami and Jacksonville's playing better football than you think. So I think those Jaguars, you can fire them up. James Robinson, the running back, um, has been really impressive. He joined Philip Lindsay as the only two UDFA running backs to open their careers uh, with two games of sixty plus rushing yards or more. So that shows you how impressive he has been thus far, and he's been more involved again because I think the Jaguars are more competitive than we thought they were going to be. The other guy to watch from the Jacksonville perspective, of course, is uh, LaVisca Chenault, who's been used as a gadget player. Really interesting tidbit that I found from Next Gen Stats. There are only three players in the entire NFL who have lined up under center, in the backfield, out wide, in the slot, and tight to the formation this year. LaVisca Chenault, Taysom Hill, and Kyler Murray. Only three players have done it. And uh, you know that the uh, the Cardinals are now using their own kind of version of Taysom Hill uh, as part of Cliff Kingsbury's expanding offense. So LaVisca Chenault is somebody I'm watching. 
I'm going to be really interested to see him on national TV on a Thursday night. The other side, you got the Miami Dolphins. They put up 28 points against the Buffalo Bills. They moved the ball. What do you think of them? Well, uh, they're they're not a very good fantasy team right now. Um, but Mike Kosicki had the big game. Tannehill bounced back. Uh, probably call uh, or excuse me, not Tannehill. Fitzpatrick. I wish they still had Tannehill at this point. Uh, Fitzpatrick bounced back. Um, they. Uh, uh, he, he got the ball to Gesicki, Isaiah Ford, the slot receiver. The big disappointment for Miami, though, is uh, the receivers. Devontae Parker and Preston Williams have been utter non-factors. Uh, Parker's been injured. Preston Williams might have gotten the tougher matchups in each of the first two weeks. Um, he might have gotten the tougher matchup with Tredavious White, Stephon Gilmore. He's drawn some of those coverage. But I, I referenced Josh Tolentino. He said that's been a big disappointment from somebody who at times looked like the best player in Dolphins camp. So I really need to see those receivers take a step forward. And in the backfield, I expect to see more of Matt Burita this week reading some of the quotes out there. But the only guy you can play right now because he's played over 60% of the snaps in each of the first two games is Miles Gaskin. Wow. My, my, everybody's trying to get Miles Gaskin these days. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he might have slipped through the cracks a little bit because of all, like, the because of Mike Davis and Devontae Freeman this week. He might have slipped through the cracks a little bit. But, yeah, Miles Gaskin uh, is, is the guy in Miami, and he's been the guy for two weeks. 60% of the snaps for a running back is a lot these days, and he's done it in each of the first two games. Sunday, 1 o'clock. Let's start with the Texans who did not target Will Fuller one time against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, not a great matchup for the Texans. I mean, Deshaun Watson getting off to a brutal start here with, with um, some of these matchups. Obviously, Kansas City, not that hard a matchup. He didn't play great in that game. And then Baltimore is a brutal matchup, as is Pittsburgh. So let's see uh, if Deshaun Watson can continue to bounce back. But I think you can – you are not dropping Deshaun Watson, but I think you can – consider streaming somebody else in this spot this week will fuller i might be sitting him this week uh, i i mean the hamstring he doesn't get targeted I, I mean can can i can you be any more sick of this guy i feel bad for him he's a good player he had a great game in week one but i, I mean it's a really really tough scenario uh with him coming with oh, with the hamstring injury and david johnson here's the bad news i mean he played all but like three snaps in that game and he did nothing he did. He looked more like the David Johnson we saw in Arizona last year. So he's kind of an RB two, especially against this Pittsburgh front. It's been a tough go of it for the Texans. They have not found their footing offensively. Yeah, they really have not. What about on the other side with the Pittsburgh Steelers? It's unbelievable, Joe, what they do with drafting wide receivers. Un I mean, the plays Chase Claypool's already yeah. made. What a stud Deontay Johnson is. So impressive. Yeah, I mean Deontay Johnson. I think um, uh, I don't know. You you want to you want to give it a little bit, but I think I'm comfortable calling him a hit from the Fantasy Feast podcast. Like anytime a guy gets 13 targets, he's gotten double digit targets in two consecutive games to open the season. Okay, you know a guy can suck and get double digit targets in opening games and still be good for fantasy. Um, Deontay Johnson is a really good player. Sometimes he tries to do a little too much, but I like the way he's looked. I really like the way Ben Roethlisberger's looked. You have to play Ben this week. You have to play Deontay Johnson. For instance, I would play Ben over Sean Watson this week. Even though you probably drafted Ben four or five rounds later, I would play Ben over Deshaun Watson. Um, you have to play Deontay. Claypool is not a fantasy option just yet. I mean, they're, they're, he's making plays, but they're not really using him enough for him to be a fantasy option. But, I mean, you have to talk about the backfield too. I'm, all logic, all logic pointed to, they're going to give Benny Snell a chance. Benny Snell barely played 
You know, they gave James Conner the chance to bounce back, and he's back on the RB2 radar. I mean, just understand, uh, this this thing could blow up at any point here with James Conner, but he played a good game last week. Let's get to Cincinnati at Philadelphia. Uh, Pretty interesting game from a fantasy perspective. Why don't you start with the Bengals going against an Eagles defense that Jared Goff and the Rams had their way with? I mean, you know, Ross, everybody's going to be talking about Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson, okay? I don't know. If you watched that whole game the way I did, Wentz could have been perfect in that game. It put up 40 points, and the defense would have given up 41. I, I mean, it was that kind of game. The Eagles offered no resistance whatsoever to the Rams. I don't know if the Bengals are going to have that kind of success. However, keep in mind, where does Zach Taylor come from? The Sean McVay school. He is going to be – I mean, he'd be watching the tape anyway, but you know damn well he's going to be instituting some of those same concepts. So um, the bad news for Cincinnati – is uh, they don't have a tight end like Tyler Higby. You know, they just lost C.J. Uzoma. Drew Sample is more of a blocking guy. So uh, Tyler Higby, who scored three touchdowns in that game, Cincinnati doesn't have somebody like that. I wonder, though, if they're going to give Auden Tate a shot to be sort of that kind of guy. He's He's been uh, somebody I really like drafting in the last round. He's been kind of on the outside looking in these first couple weeks. But Cincinnati, uh, one thing you might be happy about, Joe Mixon's gotten off to a slow start. The Eagles got crushed on the ground last week by the Rams running game. Um, with, uh, you know, the Rams build their play action off of the run game. And I know you don't have to establish the run to do play action, but um, you, I, the Rams almost do it backwards, really. They, they build their run off the play action because you have to respect the play action, then the run gets open up. That's exactly what the Rams did. I wonder if Zach Taylor is going to involve some of that for Joe Burrow. The bad news for Burrow is this the Eagles defensive line is still pretty good, and the, the Bengals offensive line has been, unfortunately, the disaster we thought it might be. So um, what about on the other side, the Eagles offensively, especially with Carson Wentz struggling like this? Um, I mean, I don't know. We've seen Wentz go through uh, rough stretches mechanically. Um, That's nothing new for Wentz. The problem is he's now compounding that with poor decision-making. And you always want the aggressiveness. Uh, You don't want to coach that out of Wentz. But all I'm wondering is, the designed movement, there was a little more of it here in week two. I just keep coming back to the fact that Wentz missed like the last week or so of training camp with a groin injury. And I'm wondering if the reason they're not moving him out as much is he's not feeling 100%. I I don't know, but the decision-making has been poor. The mechanics have been really poor. I mean, if, if he doesn't bounce back this week against this defense, then he's really in trouble. Um, he, You can have the excuse that he faced two good defenses in the first couple of weeks, but you can't have the offensive line excuse in week number two because he didn't get sacked. The Eagles' offensive line did a good job protecting him. He just made bad throws and bad decisions. The good news is, Miles Sanders had 27 opportunities, 20 carries and seven targets. Uh, 27 opportunities is a career high for Miles Sanders. So he's back. He's a bell cow. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, it was clear. And I did not think they would use him like that coming off the injury, but they absolutely did. Another Sunday 1 o'clock game, probably a game we need to spend the most time on or a lot of time on. It's the Niners and the Giants, and there aren't very many healthy running backs for this game. 
No, um, for the 49ers, uh, in, in a unbelievable twist of fate, their only healthy running back right now really is Jarek McKinnon, who's missed the last two seasons. Um, they're going to get Jeff Wilson in there. I think McKinnon is an RB2 this week. Jeff Wilson, if you need to take a shot, maybe you're in a maybe you're in the Fantasy Feast League, which has 16 teams, and I am. I just lost Christian McCaffrey, so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm scrambling. You can take a shot on somebody like a Jeff Wilson. Um, I want to see if they get Jamichael Hasty uh, involved. He was a UDFA running back who apparently had a pretty good camp. They just didn't the numbers game just didn't work out for him. But uh, overall, I mean, you have to check on the status of George Kittle. But for the 49ers, I, I'm in most leagues with Nick Mullins probably starting at quarterback, uh, with Jimmy Garoppolo dealing with the high ankle, you probably need to to just play Jarek McKinnon and George Kittle if he plays and then move on from this game. It is nasty for the 49ers. Okay, so on the Giants part of it, um, by the way, I, I would assume Jarek McKinnon's probably picked up in most leagues, but maybe mm-hmm. not. What about for the Giants and and they, they're signing Devontae Freeman? Yeah, uh, and uh, Joe Judge had a quote today. He's like, well, we think he has some juice left. And I'm like, well, I hope so <laughs> because you just signed him. And I'll tell you who I don't think has juice left is Deion Lewis. I, he just did. I know he played every snap. Uh, after Saquon went out, well, the reason is because he was their only other tailback active. But they had full, Elijah Penny, the fullback, also active. Devontae Freeman, I think, is going to start here. It might it might take some time, um, but I consider him kind of like a flex RB two the rest of the year. You have to you have to consider, by the way, that uh, that I mean he he isn't up to speed, and also the Falcons signed the corpse of Todd Gurley and cut Devontae Freeman. Okay, so that that tells you where they thought he was physically, but the opportunity should be here. Um, Daniel Jones, I think this this thing hurts the whole offense, quite frankly, but he might have to throw it a little bit more. The the downside is they just put Sterling Shepard on IR, so now they 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 have Saquon Barkley out for the year. Shepard's out for at least three weeks. He's got turf toe. So Golden Tate, Darius Slayton, um, you know Richard Sherman is uh, is injured. Darius Slayton should have a big game here as well because I don't know what else they're going to do offensively and in this game there are there are two tight ends you can consider I already mentioned Kittle but I don't want to forget to mention Jordan Reed who had two touchdowns last week and of course Evan Ingram's going to get targets for the Giants because they have no one else to catch the football so Jordan uh, Jordan Reed in play if if Kittle doesn't play uh Evan Ingram obviously in play here even though I think he struggled this year so far but uh certainly it's a um Really, really tough go of it for both of these teams when it comes to the injury bug. You can say that again. How about the Las Vegas Raiders and the mm-hmm. New England Patriots? I got to tell you, Joe, I did not think that both these teams would score 30 points or more on um, the other night. Oh, last thing I'll, before we move on. What about Jordan Reed with Kittle out? Yeah, I said uh, he scored two touchdowns last week, and and um, I, I'm shocked at how good he looked. Uh, you always wait for the other shoe to drop with Jordan Reed, but if Kittle is out, he's probably the one pass catcher that you can play with any sort of confidence here from San Francisco. It is Nick Mullins, but he did play pretty well a couple years ago when Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo was in. Okay, so for the Raiders and the Patriots, both better offenses than we thought. What does it yeah. mean first for the Raiders? Well, uh, the one thing I noticed that that night, man, well, Monday night, like, Grudog, people make fun of him, but he can still call a game. Uh, and, and 
Um, I've been really impressed. Like that they're putting Derek Carr in a position to succeed. He's never going to be the the aggressive thrower that you think. Um, that's why Darren Waller has about nine million targets already this season. But uh, Gruden can still call a game. Um, and I think in this game you fire up the the usuals. The problem for Oakland, uh, excuse me. I'm so sorry. The problem for Vegas has been that the wide receivers have been disappointing so far. Henry Ruggs dinged up. Uh, Brian Edwards uh, only had two catches there in week number two. Everything is filtered through Darren Waller. So right now, if I'm playing Raiders, I think you could consider streaming Derek Carr. Maybe he's a DFS option because he has played pretty well. But other than that, it's kind of Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs, and wait and see on everybody else. But 30 touches for Josh Jacobs, that's a great sign. It is interesting to see them spread the ball around to so many different receivers. I mean, everybody was making plays. Kind of crazy. All right. The other side, speaking of everybody making plays, you know, Cam Newton getting Julian Edelman a career high, Joe. What is going on? Well, uh, Cam Newton looked really good to me on uh, on, sun- on Sunday night. I thought he was as accurate as I've seen him in a long time. And now you have to consider that he scored two rushing touchdowns and he's gotten double-digit carries in each of the first two games. So there's a couple of takeaways here I have. Number one, Cam's an R- uh, uh, a QB1. Like, Cam, I would play over Deshaun Watson this week with Deshaun Watson's matchup. And that's probably, uh, that would have sounded controversial three weeks ago. It doesn't sound controversial now. He threw for nearly 400 yards and he ran for two touchdowns. Julian Edelman, firm wide receiver three. There are going to be some games, we know Cam, there are going to be some games where he doesn't throw the ball all that well. You just have to deal with it. But you saw what kind of upside Julian Edelman has with 179 yards on the waiver wire. Consider picking up Nikhil Harry. Um, I'm still a little iffy on him. I'm not sure what to think, but he's big. Uh, He's got some physicality to him. Cam Newton has liked throwing to those guys in his career. He had 12 targets in that game against Seattle. In the backfield, um, there's one thing I need to point out. First and foremost, um, James White. I mean, what a horrible, horrible tragedy. Um, Like... I, I I presume he's going to take every day he needs, and not a moment sooner, not a moment later, um, with, with with his parents. But I feel awful for him. Um, so uh, just just thoughts, prayers, whatever you do, out to James White. Uh, there is there is one thing though uh, that I do have to point out. If you drafted Damian Harris in like your best balls, or maybe he's on your IR in your season long league. This is kind of what you wanted to see from the Patriot backfield. Neither Sony Michelle nor Rex Burkhead has looked particularly good. Damian Harris is eligible to come off of IR next week. Okay. Sony Michelle and Rex Burkhead, if they do not play particularly well, Damian Harris again has a path to being successful going forward. Uh, we know they're going to run the hell out of the football. Cam Newton's been their leading rusher in each of the first two games. Eventually, Bill Belichick is going to want to give the ball to a back, though. And we had so many Patriot beat writers saying, hey, guys, Damian Harris has looked like their best back in camp. So you can't play him this week, but he is eligible to come off of IR with that finger injury. Um, consider picking him up because Sony Michelle and Rex Burkhead have not established themselves in this backfield. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, there's wow, there's a lot there. Um, all right, so keeping it moving, we've got the Titans at the Vikings. Titans are one of those narrow fantasy teams, right? What do you Correct. got? Well, let's check out AJ Brown's status. We'll learn more today. We're recording on Wednesday. Um, we have a doctor of physical therapy on the staff over at Fantasy Points, Edwin Porras, and he kind of alluded that bone bruises 
feel worse than they actually are as injuries. So it's kind of a pain tolerance thing. Um, so keep that in mind when it comes to A.J. Brown. But at this stage, I mean, Jonu Smith, the Vikings got absolutely cooked by the adult film star Mo Ali Cox last week by Indianapolis. He has a hundred. He had 111 yards receiving um, against uh, against the Vikings on six targets. Uh, Jonu Smith is locked into your lineups. Uh, Jonathan Taylor ran for over 100 yards and a touchdown. Derrick Henry obviously is in your lineups. Ryan Tannehill getting it done with Corey Davis dinged up and without A.J. Brown throwing for four touchdowns. He is in the starting consideration. Minnesota has been a disaster on both sides of the football so far this season, uh, especially defensively. And I kind of like the Titans across the board in this game. Then you got Minnesota offensively pretty bad against – the Colts, Cousins was terrible. I mean, they at least moved the ball against the Packers the week before. That was not the case mm-hmm. no. in this matchup. Uh, I mean, Ross, you look at Kirk Cousins' line, 11 for 26, 113 yards, three interceptions, and a safety taken. Has he – I mean, that is uh, – that might already be an insurmountable lead for the worst quarterback game we're going to see in 2020. It was horrible. And, the look, the thing is that we love about Adam Thielen is uh, – we know the Vikings aren't going to throw the ball a ton. That's by design. They don't want to. The thing we like about Adam Thielen is he's going to get a massive target share. Well, he did. He had eight of Cousins' 26 targets. The problem for Thielen was I come out, and I'm playing him in DFS, and I'm like, man, he caught three passes on the opening drive, and that was it. That was it the entire game, even though we saw eight targets. Minnesota has two guys you can consider for fantasy. Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook. They're both in your lineup each and every week, and the other guys you cannot consider. Like I, I'm looking at the box score right now. Um, I just now remembered that Justin Jefferson was a first-round pick. Like, oh, he actually led them in receiving with 44 yards. But, I mean, three for 44, you have to see more. Irv Smith's been a huge disappointment. I wonder if that's a product of Cousins here. But there's two guys from Minnesota you can play, Dalvin Cook and Adam Thielen. That is it. Nobody else is in consideration at this point. Keeping with the one o'clock games, we got a couple more. Washington at Cleveland. So Washington basically has at this point Terry McLaurin, Logan Thomas, yeah, and I think Antonio Gibson might get there at some point. Yeah, well, uh, they they took a big step to that. Uh, Gibson was one of the big disappointments of Week One. Um, he played only twenty five percent of the snaps against Philly. Well, he was up to uh, in the sixties against Arizona this past week. He has taken over this backfield. Peyton Barber, who led them in carries in Week One, essentially got benched. He played only one snap and he had one carry for one yard. So he's been benched. This is Gibson and it's McKissick in the backfield. Wondering if at some point they're going to give Bryce Love a shot here. But Antonio Gibson is kind of a low-end RB2 right now. Logan Thomas is a streamable tight end. He got the targets, guys. He had nine targets, but he only caught four of them. Um, I don't think Dwayne Haskins has – he hasn't really impressed me so far this year. And Terry McLaurin, I wonder if he's matchup-proof and quarterback-proof. I mean, Arizona knows the only guy who's beaten us down the field is Terry McLaurin. He still goes for seven for 123 and a touchdown on 10 targets. I mean, um, you know, I had a tough matchup with Darius Slay in week one. Philly gave, gave him short fields. He didn't have to do all that much. But Terry McLaurin is locked into your lineup as a wide receiver, too. But that's about it for Washington, Ross. You had the right read on that. Last week, I had Cleveland. I took Cincinnati getting the six points on the DraftKings Sportsbook, which is nice because DraftKings Sportsbook app. 
because DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to turn $1 into $100 when they bet on any team. Think about that. Place a $1 bet on any team, and if that team wins, you cash a cool Benjamin. How do you pass that up? You don't pass it up. You're listening to the Fantasy Peace podcast. You like to make games more interesting. You need to download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code ROSS when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. It's basically free money, $99 free dollars. Pick any team during week three, bet $1 on them, and win $100 if they win. That's $1 to win $100 when you use promo code ROSS during sign-up. Limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, PA only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Baker Mayfield considered a gambler, Joe, but you know what they did? They ran the ball a lot. They gave him some easy throws off of bootlegs and play action. Did not think both Chubb and Hunt would eat like that. Uh, I didn't. I actually thought it could be a good game for both of them, just given Cincinnati's defensive struggles. No, though, Ross, I did not expect them both to score two touchdowns. Uh, you look at this game, though. Cleveland should be a favorite. Um, uh, in fact, is uh, and and that that signals good uh, good signs for Nick Nick Chubb, who is awesome. I mean the. These two might be two of the ten best backs in the entire NFL. Quite frankly, I mean, it, it, it's it's ridiculous what they what they're going to do. They're going to make things easy for Baker Mayfield at receiver. You kind of have to play Odell Beckham as like a wide receiver too at this stage. But I, at this point, I, he, I I don't think we're ever going to see Giants OBJ again. It's just kind of obvious that that's not going to happen. Elsewhere for Cleveland, you play both Chubb and Hunt. I think they're I think Chubb's an RB one. I think Hunt is an RB2 this week. I think OBJ is a wide receiver two, wide receiver three. However, um, Baker Mayfield, I think maybe you can stream. Jack Conklin, the right tackle, should be back this week. Um, but uh, with the, with them as a 10-point favorite, uh, excuse me, a seven-point favorite, it's going to be a Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt game. Um, Jarvis Landry, you can't play at this point because he's not getting the volume and his hip might be bothering him. Austin Hooper is droppable. That's about it for Cleveland. Only a couple 1 o'clock games left. We'll get to L.A. at Buffalo. Got to tell you, Joe, I was wrong about the Rams this year. I didn't think they'd be very good. They feel like such a top-heavy team. I mean, there's like no middle class. But their defense better than I thought it would be. And McVay is in the zone right now, man. I mean, that was a thing of beauty on Sunday against the Eagles. And Tyler Higby, Woods, Cup. Even the running backs, now Akers is out. So what does that mean for the running backs? Well, Akers has the rib injury. We'll see what his progress is. But if you had Cam Akers, I'm sorry, guys. I really am. Um, Ross, I you did. Saw- He's one of my two starting running backs. Yeah, I mean, but Ross, you saw that game. He was going to eat. Philly, Philly was non-competitive defensively. He was going to eat in that game. They gave him the start. Everything was lining up for Cam Akers to be good in that game. Unfortunately, it just didn't happen uh, because of the injury. Malcolm Brown also got hurt. Uh, I believe he hurt a finger. Um, but here's the thing for, for the Rams. Two things have stood out to me. Number one, they are back to being predominantly a three-wide receiver team. So Cooper Cup is playing a ton of snaps. Um, Cooper Cup 
at the end of last year, wasn't playing a ton of snaps because they were going to 12 personnel a whole lot. But he kind of covered that up with the fact that he scored in each of the final five games of the season. He hasn't scored yet this year, but those touchdowns are coming. So Cooper Cup's usage is encouraging. Tyler Higby is the number one tight end on this team. People were asking, oh, you know, is Everett, Everett was the guy early part of last year. Well, Tyler Higby, I think with his three-touchdown game against the hapless Eagle defense – he has answered the bell there, but this is predominantly uh, an 11 personnel team right now. Jared Goff is in the zone, um, and, and you said Sean McVay is in the zone. When, when McVay is in the zone, Goff is in the zone. When, when McVay's not in the zone, Goff's not in the zone. There, it's, it, it's a very symbiotic relationship there, maybe more so than most other coaches and quarterbacks. But Goff is playable. You play, you play Woods, you play Cup. Keep an eye on the status of the backfield because you might want to fire um, Daryl Henderson in there uh, to see what happens after his big game against Philly. Uh, you play Tyler Higby. I, I mean, right now the Rams are a great fantasy team. I kind of consider them like the lowercase version of what Atlanta is giving us for fantasy. Now we get to Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. Mm -hmm. I don't think – I mean, look, I know some people were high on Josh Allen. I don't know if people thought we'd see this, Joe. Uh, no. Uh, and, and I don't expect this is going to continue. I don't expect that Josh, Josh Allen is not a 70% passer. Josh Allen's probably not a 65% passer. So I don't expect this to continue. But speaking of coaches who are in the zone, offensive coordinator Brian Dable is, is just killing it right now uh, for Buffalo. He's got Josh Allen throwing. And here's the thing that surprised me, Ross. And I, I know people thought Allen was going to be good for fantasy. He was one of my three main quarterback targets. Two of them working out really well. One, not so much. Um, the thing about Allen that I don't think anybody expected is how much he's been throwing the football. You know, it, despite them leading the entire game in week one against the Jets, he throws 47 passes, a career high. He throws 35 against Miami in a much more competitive game. But he is dealing right now. Stephon Diggs and John Brown are maybe the most underrated wide receiver duo in the entire NFL. Um they're not even getting anything out of their backfield, really. Zach Moss is dinged up. I saw that uh, today on Wednesday he was uh, only working out on the side. Uh, Devin Singletary hasn't done a whole lot either. They're both kind of flex plays, but Josh Allen is on fire right now. The overall quarterback one season is in play for Josh Allen this year. Uh, and, 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 I mean, I don't think that's that controversial given what he's done the first two weeks. He's the quarterback two right now. So the last one for episode one, remember this is the show that's so nice, we do it twice, we do all the early games and Thursday night football in episode one, so it's digestible for you, then we'll get another one in your podcast app after midnight, so you can listen to them both or separately or however you want, but we do two a week here on the Fantasy Feast podcast with Joe Dolan, the Fantasy Points Superstar, more on that by the way in the next episode. It's the Bears at the Falcons. So why don't we start with the Bears from a fantasy perspective? Well, here's the problem. I dug up this stat because I got a ton of questions about Allen Robinson this week. Um, and according to Sports Info Solutions, who do a great job with like a bunch of charting uh, and, and watching games and, and coming up with the statistical representation of what they see, um, Allen Robinson has caught 44.4% of his targets this year. Um, he's caught eight of 18 targets. He's been targeted nine times in each game. He's caught 100% of the targets that Sports Info Solutions has deemed uh, uh, accurate. Ergo, 
Every target where he's been targeted and has not caught the ball has been inaccurate. Don't let the Bears record fool you into thinking Mitchell Trubisky is all of a sudden good because he isn't. It's it, it, He's not good. And the thing that I, about Robinson is he's got a near 30% target share, okay? You still have to play him. He is playing high-level football, but Mitchell Trubisky is struggling right now. Uh, he went 18-28 to 28 for 190 yards with two touchdowns and two picks. He is not playing good football. Anthony Miller, they, they are really, really uh, disappointed in his route running. Um, he's been playing fewer snaps than Darnell Mooney, the rookie wide receiver out of Tulane. He's been playing fewer snaps than Javon Wims. Uh, they are, he is really struggling right now. He is not usable. The only two Bears who are usable at this stage for me are Allen Robinson and David Montgomery, who had a really good game despite leaving at one point with what looked like a very scary neck injury. Um, I understand you might want to play Tariq Cohen against an Atlanta defense that is abominable. But, I, I mean, I, the Bears just they, – they, they just can't get it going enough with Mitchell Trubisky at quarterback. What about – for the Atlanta Falcons, I call them the Fantasy Falcons. Sunday was the perfect example of that. Everybody had big days. Although, actually, ironically, Julio Jones did not have yeah, a he's huge dead. day. And he, and he missed a touchdown catch. But everybody else did, and they still lost. Well, I mean, you're never going to see you're never going to see that onside kick scenario again. This is just an Atlanta team that I mean, the defense is so bad; it is so bad. They don't get pressure. Um, they're going to give up points. I don't know if they're going to give up forty because you know Mitchell Trubisky, but um, everybody's in play for Atlanta. Calvin Ridley, I my hot take, which probably doesn't sound like a hot take anymore, is he's going to outscore Julio this year. Uh, Julio's dinged up; he's got the hamstring injury. Uh, Dan Quinn, I think, said today that there might be a little bit more to it than Julio has alluded to, uh, which is not, I never want to hear that. Um, Matt Ryan was one of my three main quarterback targets this year with Josh Allen and Carson Wentz. He has come through. I, I see no reason to adjust my preseason projection that Matt Ryan is going to lead the NFL in passing attempts. Calvin Ridley is a hammer wide receiver one. Hayden Hurst, he is viable in your lineups. Russell Gage is a wide receiver three. You still have to consider playing Julio. I mean, I'm not consider. You still have to do it until there's a reason not to. But uh, he is less than 100% right now. He is well behind Ridley on my projections this week. Todd Gurley, unfortunately, looks the same as I expected him to. Kind of plotting. Uh, he's like a low-end RB2 to me. 21 carries for 61 yards against Dallas, and he wasn't targeted in the passing game. That's not good enough for fantasy purposes. He is Joe Dolan. You can get all of his stuff at FantasyPoints.com. They have an unbelievable crew over there. Just make sure you use the code FEAST so they know we sent you. That's where Joe and the Guru and Greg Cosell and Adam Kaplan and a host of others absolutely kill it. I'm Ross Tucker. This is the show that's so nice we do it twice. So I'm stuffed, but we got a little bit more left over for you. We got some more late games and Monday Night Football, Ravens, Chiefs. You're kind of going to want to hear what Joe has to say about that one on episode number two, which will be in your podcast app soon. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.